0: Welcome to the Young Adult in Ministry podcast, the YAMCAST, YAMCAST, where we talk about everything
1: the church needs to know, and some things you don't need to know, about failing forward
2: in young adult ministry. We are starting these monthly podcasts with a discussion about the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry,
0: and anything else
2: we feel like. Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My name is Jeremy, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: And I'm, from, I'm Chris from Cincinnati,
2: Ohio. And here we go. Uh, Chris, your comment about reciprocal mentoring um, and that um, idea in terms of young adult ministry, I think um, that one, that phrase is really good. And also, I think that's a good maybe a good transition into our conversation from the book that we're going through right now, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, Making It Work, Making It Last. Again, not yet a sponsor of this podcast, but a really great book from uh, Mark DeVries and Scott Pontier with, uh, with the Praxis Group.
1: Yeah. Cool. So we we last time we got into chapter four, I think, talking a little bit about why or why not? are getting us there. Why or why not? Um, let the youth pastor run with college and young adult ministry responsibilities, um, and it'll kind of dovetail into chapter five, too. The uh, the next mistake that we talk about, but um, but I can't remember exactly where we got in in sort of this
0: critique of of whether or not the youth pastor should be the one to help the oh, you ministry. you had just started talking about it we i mean we were trying to cover three chapters last time it was a bit much so we're just looking at four and five right now yeah and i think what we, what we were just talking about actually pushes us this direction too because it's the it's it's this idea in chapter four or cha- uh wait this mistake number four let me look at chapter
2: sorry well, you just for for those of you who are following along online or listening to this, um, where we are in terms of discussing this book in the context of young adult ministry right now is um, the first several chapters of the book are talking about seven different mistakes that churches make when trying to start young adult ministry um, or to to revamp it. And so we, um, as we're talking about these different mistakes, they um, the first part of the book is looking at mistakes, and then uh, the Second half of the book looks to to pivot and then provide um, way a way forward to be able to be engaged in young adult ministry. So just that is yeah, context. So cha-
0: okay, chapter four is mistake number three, expect the youth director to do it. And we were we were just talking about how um, you can be younger and you can have knowledge, you can have great ideas and you can be ready to leave, um, but you don't have that experience yet. and I think that's one of the mistakes that happens here with youth pastors. And they talk about this in chapter four of the book of It's like would you go to, would you go to a first grader and ask him to lead preschoolers? Would you go to a middle, uh, a middle schooler and ask him to be in, in, in charge of the, the third and fourth graders? Well maybe. in some churches that happens. It's a little bit scary. <laughs> um, would you go to a high schooler and ask them to be the, the youth pastor for, for the, the middle? You know So it's like if you go to a youth pastor and they're you know in their mid-20s, and now you know they're, they're just a few years older than high school students or um, even the college students that they're leading. Maybe they just graduated from college. They become the youth pastor. They've been there one year. They're like 22, 23, 24 years old. And now the church comes to them and says, will you lead the 18 through 30-year-olds? They they, they're still in the midst of being young adults themselves. Can it happen and can it work? I think so. And I'm actually an advocate as a volunteer of of helping to equip young adults to lead other young adults instead of trying to create things for them, which is the next chapter. Um, But when we go to the youth pastor that's already probably underpaid, let's just say they're underpaid and they're overworked and people don't understand what they do anyway, because it's mostly relational. So it's hard to quantify and then say, Hey, we, we need to do something with young adults. Can you make something happen, please? It's a recipe for it not going great. So that's kind of the... Random rambling of Kenny into the introduction of this chapter,
1: and I would say if we don't want young adult ministry to look like youth group two point oh, I mean this this would be a key um, pitfall to avoid. Is basically because the youth pastor is is going to approach you know college young adult ministry in a very programmatic age based sort of way. Which again, that's next chapter we'll talk a little bit more about why that might be the wrong way to talk about it, but um yeah, I think they the the book makes the point about they have limited time you know to focus on this other, whole other area of ministry um, and it could just create the second wave of youth groupness and then I can't remember what they run more.
0: Well, here's a quote. Here's a quote that I really liked. Making young adults another side plate for a youth director to spin is a rapid route to ensure high frustration and little reward. Which reminded me of kind of a, we're um, uh, just going to say crass, but not too crass. Like I don't think I'm going to be censored for this. Probably, um, I mean we are live. But I had this conversation with a guy that I just met in in Detroit. And we were going to have uh, some shakes with uh, like um, like strawberry shake, chocolate shakes at this restaurant. And he's like, I really like chocolate shake shakes, but strawberry shakes are my side dish. I mean, chocolate shakes are my bae, but strawberries... And I was like, first time I'm hearing this language just quite a few years ago. Like, what is he talking about? It's a cultural experience for me. And, uh, and, a, and, a, and a, a slang experience for me. When we go to the, the, the youth pastor who's already got their bay, the youth ministry, and we ask them to take on their side dish of young adults, um, relationships are going to crash and burn. It's not going to go great. We're trying to make a short-term fix instead of a long-term investment. Um, and those relationships need dedicated relationship and attention both for the youth ministry and a young adult ministry to have the long-term relational um, return on an investment. See, I, I pulled... That, that could have gone a lot of different directions, but I got there, guys.
2: I was not sure where the milkshake analogy was going, but that was, that was a, a, good, a good way to segue into that conversation. All I know, I, is, now, all I know is now I want one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, which, completely unrelated, but the uh, the frosted coffees at Chick-fil-A are very good.
0: Uh, Not a sponsor, uh, but could be
2: (laughs) (laughs) free chicken sandwiches.
0: Not today. It's Sunday, so not today. But yep. Maybe since they're not stores that are open. open, Jeremy, let's talk about places we can really get a side dish of of (laughs) milkshake. Okay,
2: Okay, let's just move on. I I, I think the point about um, having a long-term, sustainable approach. Okay, use some of the words in the title there, but um, is I think an important uh, piece to the. Throughout the entire book, but especially these first couple chapters in the beginning of saying that a lot of these mistakes—it's—it's um, it's not the intent, um, but it's that most of them are short-term fixes, like what you said, Kenny, um, and that when you don't uh, make the deep um, investment uh, for long-term, that's where these become mistakes. So, yeah, a youth pastor will, you know, is hopefully doing great at youth ministry, um, but they're working towards a different. Uh, group of uh, young people, and they're already doing that. And so, then trying to add something on um, to anybody's plate is is overwhelming. But also, I think one of the points that is made in this chapter that also kind of transitions into the to the next uh, chapter as well um, is saying that this approach sets the stage for young adults to be isolated from church life, where if you just take yeah. what works with, with with youth ministry, copy, paste, into young adult ministry, um, that it's creating just another separate um, ecosystem within within church life, where not that there shouldn't be age-appropriate activities um, and uh, relationships being built, but at what point do you uh, invite young people into the life of the entire church, Um Rather than it just seeming like uh, the sanctu- like going into the sanctuary and the Sunday morning service is what you do when you're actually a real adult, mm-hmm. or in the world each week, and it's contextualized, and it doesn't yeah. look the
0: same. Like you, one of the things they say in this chapter too is this: this is pioneer work, and I don't know, you know, the different things that come to mind for each of us when we hear the word pioneer, but. They go out in the wilderness in places that people haven't traveled before, and they're at risk and in danger, and they're foraging for food, and they make new relationships and figure out new ways to do um, some old things, maybe, and they discover some new things along, along the way, um, but they, they, learn, they learn how to do what's needed for the place and the time that they're in. And that's always shifting I mean we're moving forward in time. We can't go back. so that's always shifting and changing, regardless of corona um, and this thing that's been thrust upon the world. Um, we one of the ways I've been thinking about how to share this with church pastors and leaders and church boards is is to think about young adults as as like um, this investment um, like you would with your stock portfolio. Um, and that you're going to make a long, you're going to invest a little bit right now to make a long-term investment. And, and but you're not going to reap the dividends to that of that until way down the road, uh, holistically. And so if you expect to get, this isn't day trading, this isn't, we're going to turn around the profit in a short period of time. You know, um, why well, you just laughing at me. I
2: mean, I, you just sound like Warren Buffett. I mean, this is good. Keep going.
0: <laughs> wow. I've never been accused of that. And I'm sorry, Warren Buffett. He could totally be a sponsor. Call right now. <laughs> long-term investments, long-term returns. Think of it that way. Think of it as your retirement. Young adults are the retirement of the church. Like invest in them now, so that when you turn fifty, Levites, you can turn the reins over to them and be coaches and mentors. And you guys said re- recipro- re- mentor reciprocal mentoring.
2: Reciprocal mentoring was the phrase For, that Chris said. Yeah. For
0: everybody else like me that's going to struggle saying that because my tongue does something it's unaccustomed to when I try to say reciprocal. Um, mutual,
1: mutual mentoring.
0: My mentor taught me reverse mentoring. So when, when those mentors in my life have said to me, you know, you're, you're, you're mentoring me right now, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, that does not compute. Um, but then I realized, oh, I've got to, if I'm going to be the disciple Christ wants me to be, I need to be mentoring and discipling and I need to be mentored and discipled. And I'm responsible for setting up those relationships in my life and being intentional about it. But I wait for it to happen on its own. It's not going to. Same thing with young adult ministries in our churches. Very few of these are going to happen on their own. You have to have the champion. You have to have the advocate and you have to have that long-term perspective. for that return way down the road that it's investment relationally right now, both digitally and proximity as we slowly begin to open up our relational doors.
1: So I'd, I'd like to go ahead and push this into the next chapter because- Please. To me, in some ways, approaching college young adult ministry from a youth ministry mindset or with- the youth pastor in mind as the one to lead it is kind of dovetails with this idea of just treating it as an age-based program within the church. And I I like one of the questions that comes out in this next chapter, what are the long-term effects to segregated ministry and programming? Um, And I think that's a great question for, you know, for some (laughs) pastoral staff meetings, you know, and for people to consider what are the long term effects of age based segregated ministry and programming in the church and where there's certainly areas where that works and that fits but what are the limitations to that and at what point do you try to start integrating rather than segregating and certainly college age ministry for me is i feel like you should probably start doing it even in you know high school ministry and some Um, you know, family ministry philosophies would, you know, go along with that. But but anyway, what what were your guys' thoughts on some of this, like the limitations of looking at this as a program in the church? Or just starting a program? That's the mistake they identify, is that if you think you're just going to throw some free pizza at young adults after church on Sunday and poll them for what they want, out of a ministry, and then try to create something based on their responses, and you end up with a young adult ministry program that lasts for a few months um, and then kind of fizzles. That is a summary of the mistake I think they are talking about in this chapter.
0: Yeah. Well, there's there's this uh, list of the chapter of these four things that that young adults are looking for. They specifically talk about millennials. Were you going to talk about this, Jeremy? I,
2: I literally have it written down in my notes. Oh, well, to go bring ahead. this up. So this. No, no, no. Go no you go ahead. No, you tell me well, what a millennials, just, um, Yeah, <laughs> well, let me tell you about you millennials, Jeremy. Thank you for being here.
0: Um, community, social justice, depth, and mentorship. So if I create a program, Xer, it's going to be great for young adults. And I haven't asked them or involved them or... See, I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm in control. It's not me journeying alongside. It's not me having community with them, practicing social justice, having depth or a reciprocal reverse mentoring relationship. It's not me, it's not me practicing these things that are important in values. It's me trying to put something on so that I can be successful in my pastoral ministry and in my church and say that we've done something for young adults. And it, it, it completely misses the goal, um, but it's where I default to like all the time in my thinking and in my practice in, in, in ministry. And so what I'm having to rewire and rework is that temptation to try to create things for, to get people to come to, instead of asking questions, seeking out relationship, and saying, what, what do you want to do with this? And, and how can I help equip um, as a part of our church to, to help accomplish those things? Because they might have a different list of forward than community social justice steps and mentoring. So that's some of my thoughts, Jeremy.
2: Yeah, I think um, kind of taking this conversation with another one that we've been having with people um, on my church's staff and with other church leaders across um, mainly the U.S. right now is this, like, what's next? What's the church going to look like once we start gathering together? Um, Not for the purpose of moving ahead uh, to not being involved in the now, but saying, okay, if church is going to look a little bit different in the coming months when we gather together, what do we need to be doing now to help move into that? Uh, So like a simple uh, example of that would be um, like, I'm not going to want to shake people's hands for a while personally. Like I'm not like personally afraid, but like, um, yeah, for me, like until we have like more of a, um, in terms of uh, medicine or vaccine, like I'm going to feel nervous and guilty anytime I'm going around and shaking people's hands. So then, how do we transition to having a meaningful passing of the peace without physical? Yeah, with, with limited physical contact. That being an example, um, and within that, exactly Namaste, um, which is a little hard for me to do with my my injured bent hand right now. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, something that I've heard in those conversations. Um, related specifically to this pre- <laughs> to this present uh, time with COVID nineteen is um, that we need to be focusing now and in the coming months about engagement over attendance, and I think that ties in really well with mm. young adult ministry across the board, um, whether or not we're in a pandemic, that instead of focusing on just getting people to show up in attendance, um, that we need to be looking for engagement. And the four things that you listed off from the book, Kenny, of community, social justice, depth, and mentorship, I think all of those um, speak to the idea of engagement, um, that being involved in the process, being involved in the leadership of things and speaking into them, um, which is why just creating a program and hoping for people to show up very often, just falls flat. Um, not again from lack of good intentions, um, and not from a lack of quality. Uh, like you can you can put together a quality program um, in terms of like the components, but if it's not inviting young adults in to an engagement, then um, I think the, the the shelf life of it uh, tends to be. Uh, rather short. And I know for both of you guys in your different context from our conversations, and I know for mine, that some of the most meaningful ministry opportunities we have are the ones that are often smaller in quantity of people, um, but deeper in terms of relationship and higher in terms of engagement. And I, I, that makes sense. I, you know, you can only engage so many people well, um, until numbers start to to take that away, we see that you know across the board in churches and organizations.
1: Hmm. yeah, I like that. you know, I look back on the the time you know at my current church, um I basically became kind of like a part time young adult pastor there back in twenty twelve. 13 14 almost 2 years trying to do this and did this exact thing where we met with young adults after church sunday pizza you know basically pulled them on what you know kind of stuff they wanted to be in a college young adult ministry um, but then yeah as the as the gen xer who wanted a successful program i basically took their responses and then you know read between the lines cuz i knew what they really needed you know, in spite of what they said, um although even when we ask young adults, I think what they want out of a ministry, in some ways we're asking them the wrong question, and we're asking a leading question because they already assume a program um you know based on that question, so you know anyway i all this to say, if I had it to over again. I would have taken the first six months of being in that role and done nothing but hang out with young adults and spend time with them, have meals with them and coffee and things like that. That's good. Get enough relational equity. We may have ended up with the same kind of gathering or program, so to speak, you know, six to twelve months later. But if I had built the relationship and, you know, showed them how much I care before they could care, you know, whatever. Um so anyway, yeah, t- I totally feel it. the engagement piece and a lot of one-on-one and small conversations and regardless of their attendance at events, but if there was overall engagement, I think that would have been a much healthier road to success, so to speak, in ministry. Um,
2: I think that's that a, a good point of this. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, I think that's a good point of um ask like what kind of questions we ask are they leading because if you've only grown up in a youth ministry that's your context so i was going to ask for the for the two of you um having um a little bit more experience than i do um in terms of youth and young adult um youth ministry and young adult ministry like what are better questions to be asking not necessarily saying that a survey or any of that, but like um in going into those um relationships and there's one-on-one conversations, like what are the the questions that you think we should have in the back of our heads that we're seeking to find the answers of? Whether or not we actually voice them, what should we be looking um, for the answers to as kind of um, uh, mile markers to figuring out how we engage in young adult ministry in our churches?
0: I think uh, my experience has been it's not so much about questions. Like, I've come up with questions. And people will respond and answer the questions one-on-one. That's a big key, is the one-on-one, not the group. Um, but it, it's it, it's me trying to be a better listener to the conversations that I'm having one-on-one with the young adults that are both the younger young adults and the older young adults, the ones that are in the college, kind of four-year traditional phase, and the ones that are out beyond that age-wise um, and are processing you know, life and career and grad school and relationships different than they were, but they're still young adults. Um, and in that listening, what we discovered and coming back to that list of, of four things there, the one that really pops out to me, um, it's not the social justice. Uh, it's uh, community is, is, is probably the one I need to go back and look at it because I just have it here. Community is one. Social justice. Yeah. Depth. Yeah. Mentorship. The mentorship, I think, is going to come in time. The community in depth is what I was hearing. But what they were looking for, and and a lot of the young adults that are part of our church, both the you know, 18 to 21, 22, and then the 22 and older, the emerging adults, we call them, they're looking to connect with their peers in their worship setting. Like They've got activities to do. They don't need more activities. They've got... They've got ways that they're contributing both through the church in volunteering. They've got ways that they're volunteering and contributing to social justice things in the community, not all of them, but for the most part, the ones that I'm talking with and listening to, and they're looking for the church to be this um, they want to there, there's not a natural place in the church for them to connect with their peers because people had tried to run programs and the programs failed and so they weren't running any programs because nothing that they did for young adults worked but there wasn't a way to network the young adults within our church together so that they could have shared life and community and faith together and so this at the end of the chapter here it says young adults then mix signals to older generations about what they really want and need for a good reason they need both For them, it's not an either or choice between a place to be connected to an intergenerational community or a place to be with peers. It's a both and experience. So as I was listening to our older young adults and to our younger young adults, I was hearing them say they wanted a place to connect. So how do we facilitate that without turning it into a program um, is is kind of the dance that we're living in, in in the tension of. And then my, my hope and my goal, and I've just been very clear with them in this, is, is this, that I want to be your cheerleader. Like, how do I help you accomplish that? And let's try some stuff together. Because they can't... And this is going to come, I think, in the next chapter or the next two, but you can't just expect them to lead it. They're, they're not at a place to do that yet as young adults and volunteers. Um, and it's not going to happen on its own. You need that in-between advocate person And so in this both and experience, I become the and. I'm the and in my church that's with the young adults and with the greater church body, volunteering, doing different things. But I'm also listening to young adults or what they're talking about while at the same time trying not. My goal is to not create a program for young adults. Um, Because as soon as we do, let's say we created an amazing young adult program and we have amazing young adult leaders and then they get engaged and then they get married and then they have kids and then they move or they just graduate from college or grad school or their internship or their practicum and they move. So if we embrace instead this both and experience of relationship and transition, it's we need another a conjunction in here because there's more than just a one or two things happening. Um, there needs to be this advocate in the midst that's helping young adults navigate the local church setting while journeying in life together while, while listening to what do they really hope and, and long for from the church body? What are they, what are they, um, what are they looking for? Um, what's that, that engagement piece there? That was a long, I put a lot in there from a lot of different standpoints and it was hard to follow. And now
2: I will pause. No, I think I think I think that was really good. I oh, I think wow. the thing that stood out to me there was saying that for for young adult uh, for young adult ministry leaders in young adult ministry are to be advocates to connect young adults into engaging in the life of the church. Like that's that was that was beautifully worded, Kenny. I'm pretty sure you worded it that way, and thank you for that.
1: Um, yeah, and it's interesting at the end of the chapter. I mean, they go on to say, you know it's not wrong to have something that looks or smells like a young adult ministry you know program um but they basically say if if programming for young adults is your starting point it's it's probably gonna fall short uh, or not have sustainability and long term Kind of effect and so i do think you're right it is this balancing of creating facilitating the peer connections while also being strategic about integrating them into the life of the church building relationships with others um um, and that is a trick i mean that that's why young adult ministry is so hard because that is a tricky proposition
0: um well, and I think that's the importance of the one-on-one conversation and relationship and invitation is that it's, it's not a program we create and then mass recruit people to do things within our church body. And I think that's part of it too is, oh, here's the return on investment. We're going to get more volunteers in the children's ministry or behind the scenes for you know, worship and arts production uh, or at our volunteer you know rake right the neighbor's yard day. Um, Just ask the young adults to do it. Kind of like people default to with the uh, youth ministry sometimes. Um, But it's that finding out what's that heart, cry, desire for the young adult that's in in the midst and then networking those those young adults together. The young adults are the program. It's not a program for young adults. The relationships with the young adults in this day, in this season are the young adult program for our church today and it's going to change
1: yeah that probably i keep coming back to that's the biggest takeaway for me with the whole book if you look at the book as a whole sustainable young adult ministry is is to not think so much about ministry for young adults but ministry with young adults and so helping you know if you're doing ministry with and alongside of young adults it's naturally going to have this feel of oh here's here's some times and places and ways in which young adults are hanging out together, but it's also going to have this feel of, you know, we're doing ministry. We're engaged in the life of the church and not just having our little, you know, 20 something club.
0: I mean, you gave a great parting thought there, yeah, but Jeremy, that's... do you want to give any,
2: any concluding, <laughs> any concluding thoughts? I think, um, yeah i think both for this conversation and continuing uh what what you just said chris was right like we need to be focused with over four we need to be focused on engagement yeah. over attendance i like it engagement piece is a real takeaway for me today from the conversation
0: of just being reminded of that and and what what are the opportunities there um yeah so you guys ready for the outro we wrote this pre-Corona, but it applies so well. We actually do have show notes, people. Hey, hey. The people need to know. You guys ready? This is the blessing that we leave on everyone in in the name of Christ and relational, sustainable young adult. You will write relational, sustainable young adult ministry. Okay, then it won't be copyright infringement. Are you guys ready? Yep. And <clears throat> so
2: until next time, fail forward. be present and be teachable. be flexible and try something new.
0: See that works in Corona. I just love it <laughs> <laughs> all right guys good good talking with you, thanks, yep, Oh yeah, see ya.